Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So I believe that the harvest, the great harvest, has begun. It really has. I've been looking a little bit about Kanye West and some of his conversion and all. If you don't know who Kanye West is, he was a, he's a, a rapper and quite wicked, actually, at one point in time. And he's married to Kim Kardashian, and the Kardashians are known all over the world. So, and Kanye's known all over the world. And so there's a lot of Christians that are criticizing him. But isn't it funny that the Christians that are criticizing him, other Christians are criticizing them for criticizing. It's the most amazing thing to me. <laughs> Come on! I saw one video where the guy was just—he was criticizing, you know, Christians for criticizing Kanye. And I thought to myself, "Dude, what are you doing, man? You're doing the same thing they're doing, you know? Like, duh." And he's like, "Dude, you knew I was going to do a video on this. I just don't understand why Christians are criticizing Kanye, man." And then the guy's criticizing Christians for criticizing Kanye. I just, just leave him alone, you know. Let him win the loss. Come on, you know. Let him share his faith. You know, give him some time. I hope he doesn't get around some Christians that will take the fire of God away from him. Come on, hello, somebody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's got a, he's got a huge worldly platform. You know, and he came out with, a, with an album. And, and then I think, I think Jimmy, Jimmy, was it Jimmy Timmel? Jimmy Gimmel? Yeah, Jimmy, whatever his name is. I, mean, I don't watch these people. But he had Kanye on, and he said, so are you a Christian artist? He said, I'm a Christian everything. So there you go. Amen. You know, that's pretty awesome. I'm a Christian everything. And I think um, he did a, I guess he had a church service Saturday or something, and 2,000 people prayed the prayer of salvation. I mean, you can't beat that. Come on now. And he's got, a, I guess he's got this um, album that he put out, and, and people are, you know, checking it out to see if he's really genuine. Hey, listen, man, he, he loves the Lord. You know, he's, he's converted. He, you know, he had an experience with God, you know. And it's kind of shocked the hip-hop world, to be honest with you. It's really shocked them. Right? Isn't that right? It has shocked the hip-hop world. And, but now it seems like some of these undercover Christians that are hip-hop artists that really wouldn't come out are now coming out. Well, if Kanye can do it, I can. Come on, that's what it's all about. I mean, how many years have we prayed as the body of Christ for these famous movie stars and hip-hop artists to get born again and saved? Isn't that right? I mean, that's, that's amazing. So it's, it's begun. It's begun. Come on, hello, somebody. And God's going to use the most unlikely individuals. Isn't that right? I mean, look at Saul, right? Unlikely individual, persecuting the church, and then had an encounter with God that radically changed his life forever. So um, I believe that we have, we've, you know, worldwide, I'm talking about, worldwide harvest of souls. I mean, I've seen some things on Facebook about, like, uh, an army base that was, had a revival or something like that, and a lot of, a lot of these military people, and then I, I saw something over in, in a foreign country where a bunch of Buddhists and Hindu uh, priests just got received Christ in their heart. I mean, I mean, stuff is starting to really happen. I mean, it really, really is. And I, I don't want to miss it. Praise God. Amen. So we'll, we'll do what we can do. Praise God. And as God opens doors, we'll go. And, you know, we're going to Burma. So we're going to the 1040 window in a couple weeks, which is amazing. And we're going to win some souls and cast out some devils and heal the sick. And if someone's dead, we'll raise them up. Can you say amen? All right. That was the offering message. If you didn't know, if you need an offering envelope, praise God. Amen. 
seat in front of you should have, or you should have grabbed one. And if you don't know how to make out your checks, make it out to Life Family Church and put some, put a little extra in. I know that we got, um, well, we're going to be doing working on the roof for the guy work day. You know, I guess it's what, this coming Saturday, I think it is. We got to get up on the roof a little bit. So I, I bought, um, I think, four or five gallon buckets. And we, we have to get on the roof because we had our insurance company come out and they said, well, if you're going to continue with us next year, you've got to fix that area over there. But I mean, that's a couple thousand dollars for that, you know. Why, why, is, why do things end up being like thousands of dollars, you know what I'm saying? I mean, for a five-gallon bucket, it's $225 for a five-gallon bucket, you know. But, you know, when you put it up there, it's supposed to last, you know, 12, 15 years or something like that. So I guess that compared to that, you know, it's better than a $60,000 new roof. In which we got, a, we got an estimate on that. And really, the, the insurance company didn't look on this side. This side's been, been done. We probably should go ahead and put another coat on it eventually, too. And maybe just work in sections over a period of time. But that section over the children's part hasn't been done. So we got to kind of get up on the roof and get that done. And then I think the parking lot needs to be resurfaced and the parking stops need to be done. And that's $2,800. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You know, the, the, the wonderful things of building ownership. Isn't that right? And y'all own it. So divvy up. No, I'm just kidding. Praise God. Just, <laughs> no, I love you. Listen, you know, I want a passenger van too. I mean, we'd like to have a passenger van so that when we do these outreaches, we can go. I mean, really, I think this is maybe the second apartment complex that's actually said that, I mean, I mean, we did one a few years ago at a Spanish uh, trailer park, I think it was. We got permission. We worked with the river on that one. You know, and then I guess, what's the name of the apartment complex? Do you know? Park Springs, Park Springs right across from Chili's. Yeah, a restaurant right across the street. So, um, yeah, we've been approved and gave them a certificate of insurance. So we're going to put up the bounce house. We're going to do snow cones. i got a snow cone machine being delivered probably Monday or Tuesday, brand new one. And I thought that would probably be enough, you know, because it's going to be about 200 families. I think we're doing hamburgers, are we? Hot, ham, we're doing hamburgers, I think. Yeah, and so, but, you know, we run, and we want to give away some bicycles. Um, I think we got um, some um, cards from Publix uh, for some turkeys, so they can take the card and go and get some turkeys and some of that. So just, you know, go, Toys R Us is no longer in business, so go to Dollar Store or something like that and, you know, <laughs> grab some stuff so that we can give it away. Amen? Yeah, okay. So that's going to be on December the 7th. So don't forget about that. And then we have a Christmas banquet. You know, every year it's been nice, the Christmas banquet. You know, people bring relatives and friends, and we got to do a potluck and all that kind of stuff. We set up tables in here, and, you know, I don't know, I don't know whatever. Christy's in charge of the decor, I think. You're doing that, right? Is that your job? Okay. Ain't nobody better. I'm going to tell you right now, so that's awesome. All right, so I gave you an opportunity to write out your $10,000 checks. Praise God, amen, and you spell 1,000, T-H-O-U-S-A-D. You put a one, two, five, ten in front of that. And the Lord will bless you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. On speaking in other tongues, why you should be speaking in other tongues. And then we're going to take some time and pray in the Holy Ghost. It's important that believers, no matter what denomination you are, be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's, if, if Hebrews um, chapter uh, 8, I believe, or 10, 8 says that, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So therefore, what happened 2,000 years ago, actually a little over 2,000 years ago, on the day of Pentecost was for everybody. And so here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 1, it says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. 
Verse 12 out of the Amplified says this, Now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy. Brethren, I don't want you to be misinformed. So, it's interesting that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and he said, listen, don't be ignorant of these things, and don't be misinformed about these things. But today, you talk about the spiritual gifts in the body of Christ, they, they don't, they, they're confused. Some of them believe that this has been done away with. Some people believe that if you're on a worship team and you're world famous, you're a part of the fivefold ministry. That is not true. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a few weeks ago, I posted on Facebook and I said, praise and worship leaders are not five-fold ministry. It started a firestorm. Because people think in the body of Christ that if you're on a platform or you're famous or something, you've got to be a five-fold minister. That's not true. I mean, according to, to the book of Ephesians, hello, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, okay? Now, if the, if the pastor of the church is on the platform and he's the worship leader, then there you go. He's a five-fold minister. And there's different in that. You know, Pastor Todd is the main praise and worship leader in his church, but he's also the pastor of the church, okay? I think um, there's been a couple of us over the years, too. Uh, the, um, the, the, the revival, the Missouri, the Smithton outpouring. Who was the uh, pastor? Um, what was his name? Oh, I can't, I can see his face right now. But he was the praise and worship leader of his church, but he was also the pastor of his church, okay? So isn't it interesting here that the Holy Spirit's telling the Apostle Paul to tell the church, and if he tells the church of Corinth, then he's talking to all churches, not just the church of Corinth, okay? So if you go over to, the, to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and it says this, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly, and the, the, the Amplified says this, Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love, make it your aim, your great quest, and earnestly desire, cultivate spiritual endowments. Okay, so you got 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talking about spiritual endowments, not being ignorant. And then all, you know, and all of a sudden here in, in, in chapter 14, he says, you know, cultivate these spiritual endowments, gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Okay, and he goes on to say here, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understand them. How about in the spirit? He speaks mysteries. So it's, it's a mystery to you, but it's not a mystery to God. Hello. So when you, when you pray in other tongues, it's, it's your voice, you yielding to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Now we know that you know, the Apostle Paul said that the tongue is an unruly evil and who can tame it. Isn't that right? He said, you know, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. At one moment, you're blessing somebody, and the next moment, you can curse somebody. Hello? Uh, actually, the Apostle Paul relates the tongue to a rudder on a ship. Did you know that? Yeah. So, if you want to be able to tame your tongue, pray more in the Holy Ghost. Well, that's a good word right there. If you want to tame your tongue. The Bible does talk about... It, those that talk a whole lot can actually be subject to sin and fall into sin a lot easier. Because sometimes you, if you're, all you're ever doing is just talk, 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 talk. Eventually, you're going to say something really, really dumb. Or you're eventually going to say something you should have never said in the first place and get yourself in trouble because of all the talking you're doing. Hello. I mean, there's a perfectly good reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. 
Maybe he's trying to tell us we need to listen twice as much as we talk. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. I only got three amens on that one. Praise God. Amen. But it's true anyhow. So, so actually what will happen is this. And I think Andrew was telling me a little bit of a testimony where he was being, you know, kind of you know, a little bit persecuted from his bosses. And they put something on social media and it kind of was directed toward him. And he thought, man, I'm going to fix this right here and now. And he went to go type something and the, the Holy Ghost cautioned him. Don't do that. I mean, how many times has that happened? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's happened a whole heck of a lot to me. Praise God. I mean, and now I don't even debate people. I just, I am not a Facebook debater. How can you tell the whole con- counsel of God on Facebook? You can't. It's impossible. So isn't it interesting here? He says this, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Uh, for no man understand them. How about in the spirit he speaks mysteries? But he that prophesies speaketh unto men for edification, exhortation, and comfort. So you always have to remember that general prophecy, General prophecy is always for edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's general prophecy. So in a church service, if somebody gives a tongue and an interpretation of tongue, it's actually equal to prophecy. And you have to understand that there's a difference between tongues and interpretation of tongues, which is the gifts of the Spirit, from your own personal prayer language. You following me? Okay, so what happens when you start praying in the Spirit? Go to the book of Romans chapter 8, if you would please. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Romans is right after the book of Acts. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Okay, verse 26 says, Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities or our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself, not itself, himself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be understood. The Amplified says this, So too the Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for, or offer how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads on our behalf the unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterances. Wow. So what happens is when you begin to pray in the Spirit, you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're actually praying God's perfect will either for your life, your family, your job. Sometimes you might even be praying for you as you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Because it's the Spirit of God in you, praying through you to God's ears, the perfect will. As a matter of fact, if you're praying for yourself, the Holy Ghost, you, you'd be like, you're like, you're all excited, you're praying in tongues, and you're going about, and all of a sudden, it, really, the Holy Spirit is talking about you to God. Hello, this person I'm in, boy, they're just stubborn. And you're like, oh, so, what a wonderful, thank you, Judge. And the Holy Ghost is like, yeah, yeah, this person I'm praying for you right now because you're just stubborn. You wouldn't make these decisions like I've been prompting you to make these decisions. It's taking you six months to change this in your area, and you're all excited because you're praying. For yourself. Amen. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying God's perfect will. We don't know everything that's going on in this person's life. I don't know everything that's going on in my oldest son's life. I don't know everything that's going on with my youngest son. 
But I can say, Lord, I just lift up John and Josh to you right now. And Father, whatever situation they're going through right now, in the I just pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, my situation with my job situation looks pretty bad. I'm not really sure what's going on here, but I'm just going to pray out your will for my life. Praise God, because you love me and I love you. And you begin to pray out things. As a matter of fact, when you begin to pray out things, you're actually in this space and time, and you're actually praying out where the pulpit is, which is, could be a month from now, two months from now, three months from now. And every obstacle and every situation that the enemy is trying to block you from getting from point A to point B, hello, you're praying in the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden, there's, here, there goes one demon, there goes the other demon, there's one's one block, and there goes another block, and all of a sudden you find yourself from there to here. And God removed everything. He sent angels on your behalf. Hello. To move obstacles out of the way. That's the reason why it's so important that you pray in the Spirit. As a matter of fact, when you pray in the Spirit, you are actually operating in the supernatural right then and there. Because praying in the Holy Ghost is supernatural. Amen. So you are actually stepping out. Brother Hagin would say this, when I was in the Spirit. How did, you get, how did he get in the Spirit? When I was in the Spirit. That's what it is. So sometimes you're looking for answers, and you don't know answers for things. Pray in the Holy Ghost for five or ten minutes, because the Holy Ghost knows everything. It's important. So you pray out God's perfect will when you pray in the Holy Ghost. Go to the book of Jude, Jude verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So your faith is built two ways. One, hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And accepting as truth what you hear. That's how faith is formed. And number two, praying in the Holy Ghost builds your faith. That's two ways how you build your faith. So if you're believing God for some things and things haven't come to pass yet, well, then get more of the word of God on the inside of you and pray more in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. If there is seed, time, and harvest then that time period, which is called patience. So how do you know that? Because Daniel, he prayed, hello, and when he prayed, God heard him, but when the angel came, he said, hey, listen, and that was 21 days later. He said, listen, I had some opposition from the prince of Persia, which was a demonic spirit stronghold over that nation. He said, but God heard your prayer when you prayed. It just took him 21 days. See, sometimes what has to happen is this, is when you're praying for situations or things like that, God's got to work with people. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but some people really aren't that cooperative. Come on, hello, somebody. They just, you know, I mean, you, you, you've heard the story, you know, how Pastor Marie and I, we were believing God, you know, that our home sells in Chicago because we were called to come down to Plant City and plant a church. And from the time that we have been praying and seeking God, about 90 days, almost four months earlier, God spoke to somebody about paying off our house, giving us $185,000 to pay off the house. But it took them four months to finally decide, I guess I'm going to obey God and call up Dr. Jack and Pastor Marie and have a meeting with them and give them the check for $185,000. It took them four months. See, God, sometimes God's got to work with people. Hello, somebody. Amen. And sometimes people can be really stubborn. You know, or they're having a hard time listening. I remember when we were at Ramah and I was transitioning from secular work to ministry and so I was installing Dish Network satellites for a guy named David Pentecost. 
Imagine that. You guys work for David. And, and he, he, he was a born-again Christian. Amen. His wife was born again, had a Bible study. He didn't do everything right, though. I mean, he was a young Christian, but he didn't do everything right business-wise. But I remember he called me into his office and he said, man, he said, I cannot get you off of my mind. He said, when I go to sleep, you come to my mind. When I wake up in the morning, you come to my mind. God has been dealing with me to give you a check for $10,000 and it's been weeks. And I said, well, my God, brother, say you should have saved yourself some turmoil. You should have wrote it the first time God spoke to you. Praise God. Amen. Hello. Amen. Just working on him, working on him, working on him, working on him until he called me in the office and said, I just can't get, I got to do this. Here, take the check. Leave. Come on, hello, somebody. So sometimes what you're believing God for right now, you've got to pray it out in the spirit. That's the reason why there's so much controversial uh, things in the body of Christ, whether we should be speaking in tongues or other not, so we should be speaking in other tongues. Really, these things aren't really taught that much in the body of Christ today as a whole. Come on, it's a shame. We're missing out on so much with these things. It's important that we pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, it's a supernatural thing, and God begins to move supernaturally in your life. Can you say amen? So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, and if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, or if your prayer language is weak, man, tonight, let's get that fixed. Can you say amen? So it's it's flowing like a river. Hello? Now, I remember, you know, I think Pastor Marie, she was probably about, uh, I guess, 17, 18 years old when she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, she, uh, Pastor George Brooks, led her in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And she only got a few syllables. I mean, it wasn't like it was fluent, but over a period of time, it began to get more and more and more and more. When I got baptized of the Holy Ghost at 17, it was like a, a, a deluge. The dam broke. I mean, it was, I was yelling in other tongues. So sometimes even our own personalities can get away of receiving supernatural impartations from God. Our personalities can't. But it really doesn't matter what kind of personality you have. All it bases upon what you believe. Amen. If it's in the Word of God, it's for me. That should be our, you know, our thing. If it's in the Word, it's for me. If it's been provided by the blood, then it's for me. Amen. And we shouldn't put any limitations on that. Let God, let God be God and every man a liar. Praise God. Amen. Let Him do what He wants to do in our lives. But here's the deal. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you do have to give voice. Because I've, I've been in lines where I've called for people for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they'll, they'll say this, well, if God wants me to have it, then he'll, he'll, make, he'll make me have it. Well, that's not true. He's not making people have salvation. You've got to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He's not, he's not making people be prosperous. You've got to understand the principles of prosperity to step in and walk in prosperity. And it's the same principles with the Holy Ghost. You've got, you got to want that in your life got to have that in your life and you got to exercise it in your life amen sometimes it's what's preventing us from going forward is because we just haven't received the revelation of something you know sometimes when we're we're we're, you know when you're trying to listen to a radio station and it gets in some parts you know uh, of the city or something like that it kind of gets all staticky and all that kind of stuff and all of a sudden you start trying to adjust the dial so sometimes what's preventing us from getting the victory is that you just got to turn the dial to the left or turn the dial to the right and all of a sudden you just hit it well it's the same thing when you're praying in the holy ghost you should be doing it every single day you should do it when you drive in the car when you get up in the morning and things like you know greet the holy ghost when you get up in the morning good morning holy spirit and stumble your way into the shower kind of thing. Turn the shower on and just say to the Lord, Lord, rain down on me like this shower head's rain down on me right now. For this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. 
I mean, do you, have you, do you ever walk out your front door early in the morning, like around 3 or 4 in the morning, and you look up at the moon, you see the stars, and you say, man, your mercies are new every day. And, oh, by the way, son, I beat you up. I got up before you did. I mean, I just, I kind of just do that. You know, I did that early this morning because of the clock situation. You know, I, I got up at 3 a.m. and I forgot to set the one in the, in the, the, the bank. It was really 2. But the funny thing is, I went to bed at 8.30. I mean, yeah, there you go. You can only take so much of Fox News. I'm just going to tell you right now. And then there's not really any good Christmas movies out, praise God, just yet, because Hallmark hasn't stepped it up this year. Hey, man, there's a bunch of reruns that you've always seen, you know, on the Roku kind of thing. You know, I'm looking for some, I'm looking for some new. Can, you, can they change the theme a little bit with the Hallmark thing? I mean, come on. I mean, they got to change it up a little bit, you know. Good girl with the bad guy. The bad guy's a jerk and all that kind of stuff. And here comes Prince Charming. Come on, hello. And then he buys Christmas for everybody and then dumps the jerk. And then they all get married and everybody's happy. I mean, my God, how, how long can we take that? I mean, year after year after year. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, and the funny thing is, the, the bad guy that's a really a bad guy in one movie, he's the good guy in the other movie. I mean, I, hello, and they just kind of switch roles. It's almost like a bad repeat of General Hospital or something. Like that. <laughs> These are the days of our lives. No, this is the days of Hallmark Christmas. It's been years. Can they come up with something else? I know I'm getting a witness in Jesus' name. Praise God. No, just turn the television off and pray in tongues. Praise God. Amen. That'll help you get through the holidays. <laughs> amen. So it's important when you pray in other tongues, okay? Number one, it's a supernatural thing. Number two, you pray God's will. Number three, you're building your faith. Hello? Number four, it's the river that's flowing out of you when you're praying in other tongues, according to John 7, 37, 38, and 39. In the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus said, If a man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, for out of his belly will flow forth rivers of living water. Verse 39 says, But this he spake of the Spirit which was not yet given for Christ and become glorified. All right, so there's, there's so much benefit to praying in the Holy Ghost. The Apostle Paul said, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than you all. Amen. So he prayed in tongues. When, when did he pray in tongues? When Cornelius came in. Or is that the guy's name? Is that his name that came in? Cornelius came in and laid hands on him. Said, Brother Paul, hello, the Lord and Jesus whom appeared to you has sent me that, to lay hands on you that you may receive your sight and... Be filled with the Holy Ghost. So there you go. So he got born again on the question on who art thou, Lord? He got saved as he's fallen out. And then three days later, he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Come on, somebody. Amen. Yeah, because he needed that in his life. And then, of course, you know, there was some erroneous teaching. Go back to the first, first Corinthians, if you would. There was some erroneous teaching going on because the Apostle Paul had to combat that. And we see that in 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1 says, Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he said, for he, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth how about in the spirit he speaketh in But he that prophesies speaketh unto men edification, exhortation, and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So when you pray in other tongues, hello, you are edifying yourself. You're building yourself up. Can you say amen? And it's important that you build yourself up on your most holy faith. 
He goes on to say in verse 5, I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. Greater is he that prophesies, and he that speaketh with an unknown tongue, except he interpret that the church may be edified. Okay, indicating that when prophecy is very equal to tongues and interpretation of tongues. If you drop down to verse 14, it says this, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit man prayeth, but my understanding is unfruit. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, I will pray with my understanding also. I will sing in the spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. So you can, you can sing in the spirit too. You can pray in the spirit, pray with your understanding, which is actually your known language. So that gives us an indication that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're not going to understand because it's a mystery to you, but not a mystery to God. Hello. And you can sing in the Spirit. I remember the old timers used to talk about three things, calling, getting a, what you call a note of victory. They said this, you can pray the power down, you can praise the power down, or you can preach the power down. And when you get a note of victory, a couple things will happen. You'll either begin to laugh uncontrollably, or you'll begin to weep uncontrollably. Ever heard of the term praying through? Yeah. Pray through. And then you get a note of victory. Actually, Brother Hagin taught us that too. You get a note of, note of victory. Hallelujah. That's a good word. Amen. I'm looking for the scripture that says that, um, and I thought I had it. Maybe it's first. Okay. Okay, it's uh, first twelve. First Corinthians twelve, and this right here will help you give you a benefit of what it is. Verse twelve, and we're going to pick it up. We'll pick it up in verse. Yeah, okay, there it is, right there. Okay, First uh, Corinthians twelve one. Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit and calleth Jesus accursed. And hath no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So what was happening in the Corinthian church is somebody would give a tongue and there would be an interpretation of the tongue and saying that Jesus is accursed. And he's like, the Spirit of God's not going to do that. Okay, so he's bringing correction to these spiritual gifts in which they were very zealous for. Now, if we continue to read, and it says this, Wherefore I give unto you to understand that no man speaketh in the Spirit called Jesus cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit, there are diversities of ministrations but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations but the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. To profit. So when you, pray, when you speak in other tongues and you pray in other tongues and you allow the Spirit of God in you to pray through you, it's for your profit. It profits you. When a manifestation of the Holy Ghost happens in a congregation, it's to profit us. Like if, if you're just preaching and all of a sudden the joy breaks out and people start laughing uncontrollably, then the joy profits you because joy provides healing, provides deliverance, provides provision. It profits you. And you can't have a manifestation of the Spirit of God without the Spirit of God showing up. It's impossible. You can't have a move of God without a manifestation of the Spirit of God. Now, we know that the gifts of the Spirit, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. There are nine through the Spirit. The nine gifts of the Spirit are tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. 
It's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And then there's the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, and the working of miracles. Those are the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And then, of course, the, the nine fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You cannot operate in the gifts of the Spirit without operating in the fruit of the Spirit. And all the gifts of the Spirit are operated by love because God is love. So you, if, you have a, if you have a supernatural ministry or if you have a supernatural, because we're all in the ministry of reconciliation and we can all operate in the gifts of the Spirit, as, as God tells us, what's ever needed at the time. You can operate. And we should be operating. You should be laying hands on people. You, husbands and wives, you should be tongues and doing interpretation of tongues, sitting on the couch, you know, doing, doing these. You should be doing these things. You, you should be having words of knowledge with maybe some employer, employees. Amen. God's speaking to you to minister to people. These are tools that God's given us by the Holy Ghost to overcome our enemy. Because God is a supernatural God. Can you say amen? So praying in tongues is real important. You have to understand that praying in tongues is the gateway to the supernatural. Always. And if you pray in tongues long enough, you'll eventually get drunk. I'll just tell you right now. You'll get drunk on the Holy Ghost. Because it's the Spirit of God that actually on the inside of you that actually causes that. Yeah, because that's the way the early church started out. Read Acts chapter 2. When the church started out, it started out drunk. Wow, what an awesome way to win the world. Drunk. Amen. Yeah. So, so the drunkenness of the Holy Ghost. Why would God intoxicate somebody? That's because people get intoxicated with the world. Like I said, they'll be happy. I'm sure somewhere in some hotel there's happy hour right now. It's going on. Oh, Brady's is, is having happy hour. And they'll have happy hour tomorrow. And Tuesday. And Wednesday. And Thursday. And Friday, they'll go out clubbing. Praise God. Amen. And Saturday, they'll go out clubbing. Hello. To start in, and then to rest on Sunday. So they can start it all over again. Hello. Satan's a counterfeiter. He's not the originator of it. But there's an intoxicating effect that happens with the Holy Ghost. And when you yield to the greater one on the inside of you and it prays through you, hello, you cannot not help. Amen. So there's a lot of benefits to it. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A joyful heart doeth good like medicine, but a sad spirit dries the bones. Yeah, Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and Joy in the Holy Ghost. See, it's not just joy. It's joy in. Joy in the Holy Ghost. And, and the joy of the Holy Ghost is a manifestation of the greater one on the inside of you because he is the prince of peace. He's the prince of joy. I mean, the, the, the first announcement when Jesus showed up when he was born, great joy. Joy to the world. Come on. And, and here's, here's two things. Two things in the world today. Out of the 7 billion people on the planet, they have discovered two things. People are angry and they're sad. They're angry and they're sad. Hello? Well, I, I, I know how to solve the, the, the sad part. Get joyful. Okay, so this is how you pray in the Holy Ghost. You yield to the one who lives on the inside of you. So you have to yield your voice. You have to yield your tongue. Okay, you pray and you ask God to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You receive that and then you give voice to it. 
Okay, it will be words that will come. It'll be syllables that will come. It'll be words that will be spoken. You have to speak those words in faith. The devil will tell you this. Oh, that's just you. Oh, I'm not getting nothing. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, that sounds like a bunch of jibber-jabber. You have to ignore all of those thoughts because it comes from on the inside right here in your innermost being. So therefore, you give voice to it. And then when it happens, you're like, oh, I understand now. So tonight's your night. You're going to get it tonight. Amen. We're just going to prime the pump. So what you, you prime the pump. It's like, it's like a pump water thing, you know. It might be a little squeaky at first. Praise God. And then you got to prime that sucker until water starts to flow. Or, or maybe over a period of time, some things got dammed up in your life. Hello. And all of a sudden, you got backed up water. Come on, hello. And then you just take a Holy Ghost grenade and kaboom, blow that dam right apart into, into the river. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week. And remember, the best is yet to come.